Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley, and today it is the quest for the asterisk as Avalanche hockey in a form that matters less than two weeks away. The first exhibition game now just over one week away. Hockey is almost back, folks. We'll also have all the sports coming back. Baseball in just a couple of days here. Basketball right before the Avs return. So the time is coming very quickly, and we honestly cannot wait until all of this gets going for reals. And the Avs bowl bowl season, bowl bowl season. Yeah, over on the Nuggets side, it's real. It's happening. So a lot of excitement buzzing around as as. We're going to kind of use this week to get fully prepped and and ready to go for real, proper hockey. And for the Avs, they have a bit of an easier route to start than most teams. But I do want to talk about the playoff format quite a bit because it's really intriguing to me personally. And I'm sure a lot of people out there, but I do think it's going to be particularly tough. Starting with the play-in round, every single play-in round has a guaranteed back-to-back in it, which is something, all right, I guess technically the play-in round isn't considered playoffs, but certainly going to be a little bit different than what people are used to. Well, and I think that back-to-backs in this format are going to be different because you think of back-to-backs now, how often... Is it a travel, yeah. Right. I mean, even if it's like a back-to-back where it's like, oh, they go like Philadelphia to New York or something, you know, where it's minor travel, they're still like, okay, they finish the game, they're getting on a train, a plane, a whatever, right? And they're... It's a plane. (laughs) They're getting on... They're getting on a plane. And they're they're flying to wherever they are, even if it's a 30-minute flight, 40-minute flight, and then... Landing, going to the hotel, having to check in, get settled, go to sleep. In this environment, none of that happens. They finish the game at whatever time they're playing it at. They're playing in the same time slots. Yeah, so that's true too. He goes the 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 game finishes. They go back to the room like normal. The only thing is, is that the next day they don't get up and go to practice or have a day off. They have this game again. Yeah. They just repeat the exact same routine that they did. There's no travel involved. There's no, there's no wear and tear. Am I saying that there won't be dead legs at the end of, uh, at the end of games? No, of course not. There will guys will of course get tired, but I just, I don't think that these back-to-backs are nearly as punishing. And the big thing is, When we talk about back-to-backs during the season, it's almost always in the scope of, okay, well, what situation is it? Are both teams traveling? Is one rested? Are they waiting in the location? Right. How many times times do we see this year where the Avs played a back-to-back in Denver? Like, they play one night in one city, the second night in Denver. 
where the Dallas other has been playing. there for two days. Yeah. Right. They had already been in Colorado hanging out and practicing for two days. They don't have to do anything. That none of those, none of the caveats, none of the little quirks that we talk about when we get into back to backs during the regular season, none of that exists. It's That's going true. to be it's going to be a perfect a, a perfectly even playing field because even if you're playing a back to back like a home and home and the abs are in Chicago one night and then they're in Denver the next night, each of those teams is sleeping at home one of those games. In this situation, none of that happens. Yep. They're just on whatever floor they're on. And so it's it's going to be interesting to see the back-to-backs because I think they're going to be competitive and I think that they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be better. One of the reasons we don't like back-to-backs during the season is that one team runs out of gas and you're like, well, they're going to be they're going to be better. One of the re- little bit of an echo there. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but the other side of that that I guess I'm a little bit curious about, the Avs, for example, um, in the round-robin round, will have their time slot as 4.30 for their games. That's kind of a weird time to be playing hockey. It's compared yeah. to the regular season where pretty much every Avs game is at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Mountain, maybe as early as 6 if they're on the East Coast or something like that. Uh, but then you go here and you're playing in the middle of the day. Sure, they have some 1 p.m. matinee games, but never in that in-between situation. Yeah, um it's going to be it's going to be awkward because really there's no there's no morning skates for these guys and that's kind of like something for them to do. That's part of this routine. Yeah. You know, if they were playing early in the day, there's no need for a morning skate, right? You just get up and go to the rink and play hockey. For them, they're going to be sitting around most of the day. And then they're going to go play hockey at almost sort of a similar-ish time. Like that, I mean, it's not 4.30 and 7 aren't exactly like next to each other, but... It's not completely opposite part of the yeah. day, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and without the morning skate, I think I think the late, late, late slot is going to suck because that team just sits around all day. That's true. Especially with the quarantine situation, right? Where it's yeah. like these guys aren't out and about on their day. They just yeah. have to literally sit there and wait until they can go to the rank and do stuff. Like how how long of a video session are you gonna realistically <laughs> have? Like we about especially when you're playing the same team and there's like nothing new to learn where it's like Okay, we're in game four of this. The and level of coaching is gonna be super meta. This, this yeah, like, I, I honestly, um, that's actually an interesting point because I think coaching is gonna be massive yep. during this. Like, coaching always matters during the postseason, as and we've seen that with the ABS, where uh, Bedner and his staff has consistently raised their level during the postseason. Every single and, year, they've improved too. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, and. Now with this with this situation with all this time on their hands and then these guys uh in the in the round robin you know that the coaches are just going to be devouring munching footage day and night of like yeah. all right here's the weak point <laughs> they're going to be sitting there watching every call like if Jared Bednar watches anything from the Eastern Conference it might be on accident <laughs> 
You know, like it, it would be purely like, a, well, I'm waiting half an hour for a Western Conference game to start or something. Flip this on, yeah, because they're gonna be they're gonna be breaking down all of the all of the possible opponents because they could be they could play any of these eight teams because they could be any seed one through four, and any of those eight teams could win because of the reshuffle. So basically, yeah. they have eight teams that they have to try and like like prepare pre-game, for, yeah. plan for, and. Like and I'm sure they've been using this time to 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 get some pre scouting notes and to watch them during the regular season, but the regular season's only going to matter so much when we get into this postseason after four months off and Most everything people, that's going to happen. Like Belmar the other day was like, "Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't matter at all." Basically, right? Like, like that was a different lifetime ago, and teams will have the same general structure and ideas and players, but mm-hmm. you have no idea what you're getting when you get into that in yeah. the bubble and, and what teams are going to bring to you. So honestly, the big thing for the Avs, again, another benefit to being one of those top four seeds is you're just hoping a handful of the series go five games. So you get your three round Robin games in, and then you have time to watch what you whatever you need to watch and figure out who your opponents yeah. are going to be. Yeah, because if they get once they get to that third game against Vegas, you'll start to have an idea of what seed you're going to be. Yep. You, I mean, you should start to have an idea. Unless of what everybody's one and one or something, right? <laughs> Which uh, and, not out of the question, right? It's one of those things that could happen where it's like we could be in tiebreakable galore here. But the um, <clears throat> ow, that actually kind of hurt. Uh oh. Um, the the time off after that third game, I think you know, even if it's just an extra day or two, huge as as they try to plan for those series because uh, August tenth is is off for everybody. Uh, a couple of questions here. Utes Avs fan says ice conditions are going to be interesting. Yeah, that, particularly for that last game of every day, I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough just because it's three games a day. Yep, you're just rolling it out. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, they're gonna have to those those ice crews better be getting. Yeah, they mega overtime for sure. Yeah, like like the hotel employees getting like hazard pay. Like they should the those guys should get hazard pay. These ice crews should be getting overtime, double whatever for sure. There's there needs there needs to be a major incentive for these guys to be as working as hard as they're going to to ensure some hockey gets played. We will save these other questions for the second period. As first, we have to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer here at the DNVR. You can find it on tap down at the DNVR bar, of course, or always order it from your local Davidsons or down at the farmhouse in Littleton, whether you want the Avalanche Amber, the Mountain Beach, the Mile High City, the Agave Wheats, half a dozen, more than half a dozen other ones as well. Personally, I love almost all of their beers. I am a huge, huge fan. I I'm so psyched that they continue to be a sponsor with us because I legitimately love their beer. So give them a try today. If you head on down to the farmhouse, you can get $5 off when you use code DNBR when you're purchasing. And of course, we also have DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. We have our DraftKings pick of the weeks today, and the hockey ones will come soon enough. We've already talked about some of the the long-term hockey ones. The the day-to-day ones will come. But today, 
they have some good bets on baseball. I went a little bit safe on the day, not fully safe, but my pick of the week is going to be Justin Verlander to get the most strikeouts in the 2020 season. He's plus 900. Only Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole have better odds. So I'm taking Verlander. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying he's got the inside line, but at that plus 900, it was too juicy for me to let go. Yeah, I mean, that guy's arm just defies time. Logic, yeah. <laughs> it's he's been he's been so incredible in his career i remember when he got drafted second overall like uh way back in the day <laughs> yeah. and now he's in now he's insane I, he's been insane his whole career yeah just a just a monster out there when it comes to strikeouts but you know why why play around with these silly decent bets when you can take a pick of the week like aj is going to take this week <laughs> Yeah, sixty a sixty game season. I think there's a good chance something weird happens. Uh, we've seen it here in Colorado before when Ubaldo Jimenez started the All Star game and had like a one point five ERA or whatever it was that year. Like it was so dumb. Had that been a sixty game season, he would have won the Cy Young. Yep. And since I'm apparently one of the few people who actually believe the Rockies aren't just. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a big I'm gonna take the big odds and I'm gonna go with Herman Marquez to win the Cy Young at plus sixty six hundred. I'm sorry, but those those kinds of odds, it's just like Marquez has absolutely has the talent to do it. I I mean you put twenty dollars down and you're winning thousands of dollars. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this just feels like a like how many people just go to Vegas every year and put money on the whatever team they root for Far to worst go to Stanley Cup, Juan Marquez winning the Cy Young, right? Like that, that there was that year. Um, what was it? Three years ago, where I went to Vegas and put it on the Islanders to make the Cup Finals at like I don't know, it was like plus I've, five thousand, yeah. and they made the second round, and I was like. Oh, I had the ticket and everything, and I was like, "Come on, baby!" <laughs> One time, uh, great. Yeah. I would have spent, spent the last thirteen dollars in my account to fly to Vegas just to redeem just it, to cash it in. Yep, <laughs> it'd be worth. It'd be worth. But it would have been worth. Would have paid for itself in no time. Ah, uh, it could have been. And that's how I feel with this Marquez bet, where it's like he's got the talent to do it. It's sixty games. All he has to do is get hot for two months. He's plenty capable of doing that. He's he's got superstar talent. If he locks it in, and especially at Coors Field, although right. voters don't give Colorado pitchers the Coors Field yeah, bump, it's funny how the the batters get knocked down, but the pitchers don't get right. propped up. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I mean, we saw with Kyle Freeland just two years ago in the Cy Young voting, where it was like, sure, none of his numbers are as good as any of the guys in front of him, but he's doing this at Coors Field, and none of those guys are. Yep. And it didn't matter. Like everybody was like, "So what? Good for so him." That's what's on the table this week at DraftKings Sportsbook with baseball being back. You get your bets in. You can bet on, of course, all of the opening day games. Any number of player and prop bets you want to get in on. Bunch of amazing odds boosts as well, and sweet deals where if you bet mm. on mm. any and MLB, excuse me, All Star to make the all-star game if they hit a home run in the opening day you will get five dollars 
of a free bet. So jump on it while you can. Of course, you can also bet on MMA, NASCAR, table tennis, you name it. DraftKings Sportsbook has it all. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DNVR when you sign up. Of course, for a limited time, you can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 with that DNVR code only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprises of a first deposit bonus and first bet. Match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, hyping up the quest for the asterisks as not just the Avs, but the Nuggets, Rockies, maybe Broncos, as, as we wait to see how the NFL season shapes out. We'll all be trying to go out there and win in strange conditions, but we do have a couple of questions to get to. Aroboros asks, how many different ice surfaces are they using? I believe just one for games. Right. They will well, have they're... different practice sheets, but yeah. <laughs> booking ice time is going to be such a pain in the ass with all these teams. Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare, dude. <laughs> there's going to be a team that's like 9 a.m. practice, which will be sort of normal-ish. Yep. And then there's going to be a team with like a 3 p.m. practice that's like, come on. Everyone's like, what is happening? Yeah, I'm dude, supposed I to just ate lunch. <laughs> right. It's like I'm supposed to I'm supposed to go to practice, work out, watch video, go home, take a nap and then do whatever at night. And then it's like, OK, well, now. I've had breakfast. I've watched video. I had lunch. Now I'm going to practice. Oh, now I'm throwing up at practice. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I'm hating life the rest of the day. <laughs> and then we have Betty Jones asking an Avs specific question. Do you think that Nemesnikov is better than Donskoy? Yep. Straight up. No, yep. no beans about it. You think he's yep. better. I do. He's certainly more versatile. Uh, and I would. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he can he can play power play penalty kill even strength all that he's if if I could replace Donskoy's contract if I could just switch their contract situations I would and that's no knock on Donskoy of course who is a good player and has been fine for the Avalanche I will say Donskoy's production has been a bit more consistent over the course of his career yeah his role has been too. That's very true. You know, Vlad has Vlad, been all over the lineups. Yeah. Well, and he went. He went from playing. You know, he's on a line with Stamkos, and then he goes to the Rangers. Right, we're right in the rebuild mode, and it was like, <laughs> sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he goes to Ottawa when they're terrible, and it's like, okay, well, now he's playing a ton again. Yep. And You're now our first line center, I guess. <laughs> and we saw how well he fit in when he has skill around him. He's not yeah. going to be a leading man. And we've seen at camp so far, he's been very good um, moving around this avalanche lineup. He's hasn't really been on a second line, but uh, he's gotten multiple looks with basically all of the bottom six guys that we expect will be in contention. He's all of all of the regulars he's rotated with. He has one of he's one of those guys that has the ability to not hurt a line, right? If you throw him in the top six with people. He's fine. He's not going to drive it, but he's not going to slow him down either. And then you put him in the bottom six and he can play any of the three forward positions. And that's where, you know, he can kind of help drive a line a little bit because he's talented enough to do that in the, those areas. Yep. hundred percent. And Don Scoy really just his skating is just 
so yeah. abs. Yeah, it is very abs. Donskoy, just not really a play driver. It's not his play style as much. Yeah. Um, it, obviously, on, at this point, we've seen you could put like a deer in skates with McKinnon and they'd probably score 15 goals. But <laughs> um, beyond that, I think uh, I do agree that Vlad is, is probably the better of the two. That's why he's going to make too much money for the abs to retain him. You know, with the flat capital, I'm, I'm very curious where his number actually lands. Yep. Because if they could, if they could talk him into 3 million, dude, can't no way there's no way he takes three you right think? i don't i don't think so no but if he goes onto the market and and just his, nobody can afford him type type well, of thing yeah his his market is capped out at three five it's like why not take the team that could win me a cup exactly like is that one where you're like okay i can get this extra money and go play for the sharks or the kings or i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take a little bit of a haircut here and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go compete for cups. Go compete for a cup. Play in a team that's gonna make me look good for yeah. my next contract. Right. Because like, I mean, a guy like him would be. He's gonna be the guy that gets squeezed because you know yep. the top guys will still get paid, the lower price guys will. The cheap will, guys will still be cheap. They'll it's still. A, they're gonna yeah. take eight hundred thousand dollar deals. You know they're right. gonna do that. It's. The middle it's, class, kind right? Of, yeah. Like Nieto, Nieto, the sucks for Nieto. He'll get squeezed a little too, yep. because he goes from maybe making two, two and a half million to sticking right in the one and a half million where he's at. But Vlad's gonna be the guy that gets squeezed hard. Yep. Where he was probably gonna ask for four and a half. The guy is like didn't three, quite seven, five. fully break out. Yeah. So. If they could, if they could just work, you know, maybe, but I, I think that his market, that whole middle-class market is honestly going to be fascinating stuff. Is the DNVR bar going to host some wasp parties? Absolutely. Yeah. They will be happening there. The, no. to, the, to the best of our ability. Yeah, I mean, right. and, and with as much responsibility as we can, yep. we understand that people aren't going to have the same enthusiasm to come out and, and be in a crowd of people. Um, you know, masks are required in the bar already. Um, you do that and yeah, we'll have a capacity limit. There will be, there will be measures in play, put in place in order to uh, try and do it responsibly. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there will be signups and, and, you know, ultimately it, it comes down to what we're allowed to do as well. I believe yeah. the Jared Polis just announced that last call is now at 10 PM for the next month. So yeah. Which this is where the apps playing at four 30 is a God quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because we can open up at four o'clock or can serve alcohol all through the game through the couple of hours after the game. And then by the time people are ready to go home, it's like, okay, this is fine. Yep. So, we're so, nothing, nothing official, but we've definitely, we've definitely had these conversations. We are definitely planning on doing some stuff. It keep your eyes posted the next week or two, and I'm sure there'll be more info out there. Um, but yeah, so okay. Yeah, if you bring, that. if you bring a thousand friends, we will let them come in and get a beer one at a time. Uh, that's like five times the normal capacity of that building. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's right on the mark. Actually, <laughs> it's like two hundred and sixteen or something. Yeah. I think yeah. So so if you brought a, if you brought a, first of all, why do you know a thousand people? That's weird. <laughs> Way more people than I know. I think. But... Second of all, how do you communicate with all of them? Anyway, groups? yeah, that wow, no, a thousand person Facebook group. I don't even think the DNBR lounge has a thousand people in it. Eh, you know what? Might I don't know. I haven't looked at the official number. I haven't ever either, actually. I don't know if I even we can. Do. Eh, nope. yeah, it's like eight hundred. Yeah, know? I was gonna say more than more than I thought, but yeah. mostly just because we we see the same. Yeah, like they're day. they're separated into their different channels. It's not one yeah. channel oh, with eight hundred people. <laughs> if you guys were in the Avalanche channel yesterday, you guys got an education and <laughs> what it was like to work in hospitality. <laughs> All right, well, getting ourselves back on topic a little bit here. Uh, piece did go up today about the abs and the three-headed monster and how it's going to be a serious weapon for them on their <laughs> return. Highly recommend you check that one out on the DNVR.com. If you can't, consider subscribing to the site for a bunch of awesome content. AJ has pieces basically every single day since uh, hockey has returned to training camps and all of that. So that will continue, continue and only ramp up as we keep going forward. But I wanted to look around the league as well because the three-headed monster is great for the abs, but they are not alone. Right off the bat, playing St. Louis in the round robin is going to have Vladimir Tarasenko back. Excuse me. How many threats can one team prepare for here? Because they're going to be a lot for the abs. Um, so if you're Colorado and you're looking at St. Louis head to head, um, you're matching O'Reilly McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And then Kadri Shen? Probably. Done. Easy enough. Don't even yeah. care. Is that your feeling from pretty much every team in the West? Tarasenko? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> bold. That's bold. To be honest, he is one of the league's more overrated players uh, these days. But yeah, he, I have I a, gr- never... a, a great respect for him as a player and his talent. Um, but he, we talk, we talk about him like he's like this massive game breaker for them. And if you go and you actually look at his career and his production, it's like, oh, this is actually just okay. Well, he he's has very good. He has that great wrist shot, but yep. he just never quite hit that upper echelon of <clears throat> really being a point per game player. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're talking about guys to worry about, they're way more worried about Miko than the Avs are Tarasenko. True. But Tarasenko does make them deeper because they are, they are very, very deep. And for them to be able to, you know, with, with uh, Schwartz and O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Perron and Shen and uh, what's the kid's name? Robert Thomas. Oh man. Who is you and I both think is like the real deal? Yeah. <laughs> like when they buy Bozak out the, in in this this off season, Thomas it'll be entirely about right Robert in. Thomas. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. 
they've got they've got and they're deep like they're they're fourth line guys you know the Sunquists of the world the, those guys can yeah. all play is they're there, all very good role players too i mean are, are avs blues your one two when it comes to depth at least in the west oh oh yeah no, um nashville because, doesn't give them a run or anything you know nashville nashville would but they're broken man like we've talked about this. I think the four months off, they're not broken anymore, man. This is this. It's not like it was just last season. It's been going on for a couple of years now. So I'm coaching gone. I don't know. I'm not. I'm convinced. I'm out on I'm out on Nashville as scary until they prove me otherwise. I don't because this has been this since their cup run. There's been something poisoned in that water ever since and they have just steadily declined it's pecorine dude i it's not though like it's i mean i know they, that they, they can't get a forward to score more than 60 points well and they like like you look at like the year that victor arvidson had where all of a sudden he's like it was like 28 points in 50 game 50 yeah. some odd games and you're like what is <laughs> what every happened? single every single guy on this team underwhelms yep and I, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason why. Nobody has any. They can't point to anything that's going on. And so until until that and until they prove that that's no longer true, because it's been going on for a couple of years, I'm out, man. I'm out on being afraid of the names on that team because that's all it is. It's a pretty roster, but they get on the ice and they don't produce the way that they should. They if they if they click and fire on a hundred on all cylinders, they're scary as hell. They're terrifying, but until that happens, I'm just not scared of it. I wouldn't say I'm scared of it. I'm just talking about if you're looking at team depth, I mean, I think that can carry them a long way. Their goalie problems, I do believe, get negated a little bit in a situation like this, given I expect this to be the highest offensive scoring, at least through the first round playoffs, maybe ever. I guess the 80s happened. I shouldn't say that, but certainly in the modern game. Uh, so I'm just not as convinced that they're this inherently broken team. I Again, I like the abs in a series against them, but I don't think that's a team that's just going to crumble. I like all of the top four in the West. I would also take... Edmonton and Arizona over them. I wouldn't take Dallas over them ever. <laughs> I it's my thing is that Dallas wants to play two one, and I don't I don't trust UC Soros to hold up to that. I that's the only reason I take Dallas over them is because I Dallas's depth just gets murdered by that dude. Team, I know their their depth sucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, Edmonton, I could see Arizona. I, you just don't know what the hell you're going to get with Arizona. <laughs> you really, so I agree with you completely on that, and that's why I'm picking them against Nashville. Is because I'm I'm picking the wild card against the sinking ship. Yeah, and that's all that is. <laughs> Fair enough. Especially because for whatever whatever voodoo they've had going on with their goaltenders the last couple of years, their goaltending has been spectacular, and it hasn't mattered who was in net. Either Ronta or or Kemper, or Kemper. you're Just like magicking their way to nine thirties. Like. These guys who were longtime backups are now like Vesna caliber players in Arizona. I don't, I don't know why, but that's 
Yeah, so that's why that's yeah again goaltending. <laughs> Boy, especially in a best of five, I, I do wonder about Arizona's depth as well. But it's more like young and unproven, right? Exactly. Than like it's not you know just weak. It's just like here's a bunch of dudes that might be good eventually. Yeah, and it's it's got like super like Island of Misfit Toys feel to it. Yep. For sure. Where there, it's like, you're like, oh, that guy really? You're like, oh, Christian Fisher. Oh, he was like a top prospect one. Okay. I remember him. Vinny, he's a Stroza. Are you serious? That guy's still in the league? Bunch of Chicago leftovers. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so interesting to say the least. I, I have more faith in Nashville than, than you do, but yeah, definitely abs, Vegas, St. Louis. I think I'd pick over them. Pretty I handily. might take Vegas over St. Louis depending on which goaltender they start. Well, we can get into that conversation in the third period of this podcast. But first, of course, we do have to recognize one of my favorite products in the world, Manscaped and their amazing Lawnmower 3.0. Still got to use it on my beard here. I guess what, what's, what's the rule on playoff beards? Do I have to shave? When when can I start growing the official playoff beard? Um, to chat, be honest, you chat, what's your ruling here? Start doing it now. But if you're waiting to like the last minute to start totally fresh, fresh, uh, August second when they're well, they're well, sure. I, I shaved 17 seconds before puck drop. Is it wouldn't be the yeah? But am I allowed to start now? Do I have to wait till they travel to the bubble? What's what are the asterisk rules for for shaving my playoff beard? Because it's got to go. It's got to start again. Should I do it ASAP? I guess that's the ruling. Got to go do it immediately after this pod. Yeah, I'm. You know, I tell you what. If you do, I. I mean, I won't get rid of mine because that just won't happen. But (laughs) I'll trim it. There you go. AJ will trim. I'll shave the whole thing. Maybe I'll get a haircut better. Yeah. Yeah. On Wednesday's show, we'll be looking sharp, guaranteed. Right. Uh, so hopefully tune in for that. Of course, if you need to shave your beard or any other hair all over your body, you can use the Manscaped trimmer and get their perfect package 3.0. It's weird, dude. <laughs> of course, they sell cologne. They sell breath mints. Whatever you need to keep you smelling right, looking good, getting that swagger on. Head to manscaped.com. Use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. So I know you're picking the abs to go ahead of St. Louis, Mm -hmm. but you're also saying that they might be the third best team in the West. Yeah. um, For one, I don't trust Jordan Bennington still. Um, I, I'm with he you. Was, a little bit. He was very quietly like he had a very pedestrian. It was average. It was average. It was it was it was a very like middle of the road two months that he had, and so that's for me. I'm like okay. He started going crazy in December. He he ended his crazy run in December. Was this just 
a Cinderella type deal. The clock struck midnight, and when it turned, when when his twelve months was up, he goes back into a pumpkin because Jake Allen was very quietly bailing them out. And if that has to continue to be a thing, first of all, we do, we know what's up with Jake Allen. They have they have tried and tried and tried and tried the with that guy. Most inconsistent goalie ever, basically. Like, <laughs> the, the goaliest goalie who ever goalie. Yeah. <laughs> he if they if they turn to him in a series, he can get him through a series. We saw that a couple of years ago when he gave up like four goals in an entire series against Minnesota. And then they got smoked in the next round. And then gives up that many in the first two periods of the next yeah. series. And and it's like, oh, oh, Jake Allen's back. <laughs> and so like if that's if that's what happens like I don't I don't I think <clears throat> washed is probably a, a strong term here but I think flurry is closer to done than we thought at the start of the year and yeah. really if you look at his career we've given him a lot of credit for a lot of mediocre hockey like he when he had, showed up uh... to Vegas he was insane and he then has, he has slowly worked his way down since then. He has great years, but you've seen, particularly this year, the decline feels quite a bit steeper. It it does. And they're, that they made a move as bold as getting Robin Leonard at the deadline says that they know. Management <laughs> knew it too. Yeah. You know, this was this was like when the Kings went and got Ben Bishop to back up Jonathan Quick. Except Jonathan Quick was fine that year. Yeah, he was playing well. <laughs> he was doing what Jonathan Quick does. He was just fine. There was no anomaly. There, there was no anomaly that year. There was no like whatever. They were just like, well, this is cheap, so I guess let's do it. <laughs> and it made no sense. This made all the sense in the world. And Robin Leonard, we've seen the last couple of years. I mean, Robin Leonard. Chicago is in this postseason thing right now because Robin Leonard dragged them to wins that they did not. I don't like deserve. to say I don't like to say did not deserve because I'll say get, it. you get results right, like results are results. But Robin Leonard deserved those wins. It doesn't mean the yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like <laughs> I'm I'm not a huge fan of assigning wins and losses to individuals and in team sports. But boy, Robin Leonard sure carried them for for some stretches there. So I'm I'm of the opinion that Vegas with Robin Leonard is scarier than Vegas with with Flurry, and the upside there is I like Vegas a lot more than St. Louis. If I'm not worried about their goaltending, their defense still makes me. A little questionable, but a little uncomfortable. Whereas, not so different look as the abs there, right? Where Vegas is just going to try and skate them into the ground. Um, a little bit because they've got they've got guys that do that, right? Yeah. Um, Schmidt and Theodore, especially, are those guys. Mm -hmm. But then you have. You know, they went and got Alec Martinez. Sure. And then they have Braden McNabb and Derek England and... Uh, the veteran guys left over. Sure. Who's the college kid that they really like? Zach Whitecloud. 
who's a who's a big thumper. Yeah. Um, kind of same story with their fourth line with Reeves and right, like some of those guys will skate you. Yep. You know, even it's where where Colorado is interesting is that if you look at their defense, their worst skater is probably Ian Cole. Maybe Graves, one of the two, yeah. Yeah, like you would be Graves or Cole. Um, and it's and like they're they're defensive guys. Like yeah, you're, right. it's fine. You're asking them to shut down anyway. So, but like you've got you've got three guys that can absolutely fly, and a fourth guy who is Godzilla and has <laughs> has great feet when he wants to use them in in Zadorov. Yep. So they're they're a little bit different, and then St. Louis is more of your classic like we're just gonna make life miserable and we're gonna right. The, they're gonna grind you to death. Is their game plan? Yeah, they want to put they they want to throw them hands every time that you get into the zone. Yep, they want to put hands on you and they want to make life really uncomfortable. They just they just want to physically wear you down, where you're just like I just don't want to do this anymore. Which I mean. We talked about this once before, but that's going to be really interesting to me too. Is <clears throat> how the the penalty tone gets set for the league. Yeah, and the officiating is going to be one of those. We'll see it when it shows up. Well, you just live with whatever it is, but it's going to affect the way teams approach games. Well, and it's it's which team does it end up benefit? Does it end up benefiting St. Louis where? They play a very obstruction heavy style where they want to walk the line of every time you dump a puck in, their defender will go with ride the man the and they will ride you yeah. outside and and they will try and they will try and interfere without interfering to the best that they can. Whereas Colorado will do a little bit of that, but they want to turn around, they want to go pick up that puck and get the back behind the 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 facing their net again. Yep. They want to they want to grab the puck as quickly as possible and they want to play forward as much as as much as they can. They want as few sticks whacking at McKinnon as possible basically. Yeah, and they want to they want to have a certain flow of play that they create. And and that's how they that's how they dictate uh tempo and pace and uh and their and impose their will is that they they decide how the game gets played and that's where you move your feet and the other team the other team has to keep up with you and that's when guys get beat and you know you're going to take your chances with Robert Bortuzzo and uh Marco Scandella that they're going to be reaching yep. on on a fast team that wants to move their legs all the time if they really if they're able to do that then the penalty advantage should go towards towards Colorado if they're allowing a lot more speed and skill to take over if they're if they're cool with a very obstruction heavy style that plays perfectly into what st louis likes to do it does uh, regardless i do think the abs could overcome it either way yeah we but, saw it this year like yep. there were games where their skill just took over and just and didn't matter their their legitimate high-end game-breaking talent was just it's just too much even for st louis and that's where the blues just don't have that Yet, because Robert Thomas hasn't figured it out. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I like Robert Thomas, but he's no Nathan McKinnon. No, no. <laughs> but 
they they want they want to try to true four line you into into misery. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're the abs and the abs want you just sucking wind by the second period going F this. Well, I mean, that's the thing, because the Avs are four lines deep as well. Yeah. Uh, just a different game plan, really. Yeah, it's just a different way of going about it, and that's where a guy like Nemestikov just adds one more skater. Yep. And when you're talking about fitting into your identity, this is one reason why where you would make the Jostis 13th forward argument, mm-hmm. because Nieto's the, a much better skater. Yep. And that's just... You know, like that's just your identity. One hundred percent. It's it's who the abs have become by chance or by intention. Jeez, at that point, your bottom six, Belmar's your worst skater. Yep. I mean by like a Don- quite a bit. Well, with Donskoy and Comfort and and Nemesnikov, Calvert. Calvert and Nieto, it's like all of those guys can can get up and down the ice quickly. And not to say Belly's slow, but He's not in the same caliber as those cats. That bottom six is what's happening in Yakupov's mind when he's skating around like bees are chasing him. <laughs> Belmer's not a bad skater, but no. just the worst of the amazing skaters that the Avs have. Right, like the Avs, and well, and like if you were to like find a way to put Nichushkin back in there, <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, this is the best skating bottom six. That you can that you could build. There you go. So the Avs just need to go out and find the best top six skating skating winger this off season and complete the what what a twelve vecta. Who? Taylor Hall. Who? Taylor Hall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we can have that episode again after all this is over, but for today we do gotta wrap up so aj any final thoughts on playoffs or anything else going on in the world um no i don't want to get into it all right that's all good with me we are gonna get out of here for today's show before we do though of course msu denver online and near and dear to my heart as i did go there myself and we have multiple people here at dnvr taking classes there right now as they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life msu denver is colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom harrison wind our own dnvr nuggets beat person talked about that a little bit a lot of these guys are great connections for networking if you're trying to get into a certain field so talk to your professors give yourselves opportunities by hitting up msu denver online Thank you for hanging out, chat. Love to see y'all always chatting it up with us. We're happy to answer questions as we go during these shows. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week as well. Until then, catch you next time.